With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand the Rangers podcast. This is your extra show for the week as we preview the upcoming weekend's game against Aberdeen up at Pitodre in what is Aberdeen's Cup final. Joining me on this week's extra is our B-team experts from our Patreon site, Mr James Forrest. Good evening, Cammy, And Mr Ross Hutton. Good evening, Cammy. Uh, boys, I brought you on um, because the B-team have had, I think all things considered, a pretty decent week. Um, and I thought it'd be good to get the experts on to be able to have a little chat around um, the B team in terms of how it's going, uh, the the Lowland League involvement, uh, a recent uh, cup semi final win, and looking ahead to not only next season for the B team but for probably the last few league games of the first team and any particular B teamers you'd like to be able to see given a chance to get a run out for uh, for the for the the, the first team. So, Ross, I'll start with yourself, if that's okay. Um, earlier on this week, it was announced that the Lowland League have accepted um, the, the B-team structure into uh, the, the, the league for next season. Um, the Lowland League, for me, Ross, when the, the, the idea of a B-team um, entry, I think when we were talking about it through the pyramid of Scottish football, by and large, uh, was... Not warmly received, I think it has to be fair, by most divisions. However, the Lowland League, I think, were quite progressive in their thoughts because they did accept them. Um, and it wasn't so much a, a view of, of you know, the B team supporting Celtic and Rangers as obviously it was when we went into it uh, at the time. But the idea being that it was for the betterment of Scottish football, that we were looking to be able to develop uh, young players, being able to go in, and not only potentially see someone being able to come through the ranks and go all the way to the top, which is within itself infinitesimal in terms of the actual percentages of how it happens, but also the idea of um, being able to raise the, the, the level across all of Scottish football by keeping some of these players involved in the game, you know, not seeing them leave the game because of lack of opportunities, lack of chances, etc., um, and I think you know all all things considered, it's it's been a really good um, time for the Rangers B team in terms of some of that development. I think it's been incredibly challenging at times, um, but overall, I think it's an experiment that's worked and hopefully will continue to work. I totally agree. I think there's a lot of multifaceted parts at play here when we talk about not just the Rangers B team, but the wider, I call it the project as well. So I think you're right. I think initially when the idea of a B team was floated within the Lowland League, what you got and what you still have are a lot of fans from clubs who are not involved in the Lowland League who have really strong opinions of what is good for the Lowland League and clubs within it. 
I think James and I have been fortunate to go to pretty much every ground um, in the Lone League at this point, with fair being about between the two of us. And speaking to people who work at these clubs, who coach at these clubs, who support these clubs, they see it as a massive positive. I think I've lost count now of the amount of times that the B teams, both ourselves and Celtic, to be fair, have broken record attendance levels in the Lowland League. And that's fantastic money through the turnstiles for these clubs. But you touched upon something there as well about the general pyramid and where we are. And I think where we are now in terms of the B teams, and I've used that as a collective Rangers, Celtic and Hearts, currently it's open to more. Of course, and I would welcome more B teams in the Lowland League. I think it's an overwhelmingly positive thing. But where we are right now in terms of those three B teams in the Lowland League is we need a clear pathway into the formal SPFL structure pyramid. And what I mean by that is League 2 and League 1. And I'd be okay capping it at League 1. I could thoroughly understand that. I think when you look at most other leagues and normal countries around Europe, and I use that word normal for a reason, Cammy, when you look at Spain and Holland, you know, what have they ever done in international football or indeed the club level in European football, of course. When you look at those countries, they have a, a capped level, which they are... Um, young teams or B teams in Spain, as they call them, can get to. That's absolutely fine. That's perfectly acceptable. But I think what we need to do now as a country is almost grow up and be able to have that conversation in a much more mature way. Because right now what is met by in the general discourse of Scottish football is this immediate mental block and say, it's worked in X, Y and Z a country, but it will never work here. Well, I'm sorry, that really isn't good enough for me, to be quite honest. I think what we need to do as a country, and I'm very much preaching to the converted here, is we need to be able to have that discussion in an open and frank manner. And I know there was a Scottish um, FA Pyramid Review going on this season. I think it's something that we need to seriously look at in terms of being able to get the B teams into the formal SPFL pyramid structure because it benefits not just Rangers and Celtic and that's why I I welcome the Hearts B team so much as well. Obviously, I don't want it to benefit Celtic but like I say, this is a wider project we're talking about here and I think the fact that Hearts have brought their own B team into the Lone League has shown that this is not just an old firm driven project. People who maybe doubted it before, it shows that there's a much wider capacity for B teams for other clubs too. And again, something you touched upon, Cammy, was that duty of care almost to these young boys. How often have we seen about it or heard about it or read about it? A young, talented player coming through a club, but just not good enough to break into that club's first team and they fall out the game completely. That doesn't benefit anyone. It doesn't benefit the club. It doesn't benefit the player and it doesn't benefit the wider scope of Scottish football. Nobody wants that. There are players within the Rangers B team currently who, sad to say, probably won't make it at Rangers, but James, I know you'll agree with me here, and anyone who has watched the B team regularly will agree, they will have good careers in football, just not at Rangers. I think part of the duty of care that we have, not only as a club, which I think is something we're quite good at, but also as a country, is to set the pyramid up in such a way that these players can still earn a living and earn a good career. Football, so it all, it all comes into that as well. We'll talk a wee bit more about the individual players in a minute, but I think because we have this now sustained period in the Lowland League that we have now been a part of, and I think for the main part it has been a success for what it has been, we should now be really pushing the boat out to take those next steps into progressing what I believe this B team project can be. And James, I think you know, as we and listen, I know that we probably we probably see. The, the the idea of the betterment of Scottish football a little bit like, you know, it's a thankless task. Why does it fall to us? We've got strained relationships, I think, between the Rangers fan base um, and the Scottish national setup. And so I can understand people listening to this thinking, well, you know, why does that responsibility fall on us? 
but for selfish interests, and let's you know not try to hide it here, you know it gives us the opportunity to be able to really give a proper test to players that if they were to make it through to not just Rangers or Celtic, you know Hearts, whatever, right? In terms of the high level that certainly at least two of those clubs would expect in terms of challenging for trophies in your national game. There's a point to that where I think Ross has touched on it that we have to move away from this parochial thinking that we have of, you know, we see countries doing far better than us on an international stage. I appreciate that Scotland did well within the Euros recently, but part of me feels that that was only because they've expanded the tournament and and we've been able to get into that. I would love to be able to see Scotland back at a World Cup at some point in my lifetime, but we have to see things change. And if we're not willing to try it, then you know nothing will ever uh, amend itself to, to to lend into that dream. But James, as Ross has said there, this is about being able to cultivate players, being able to come through. And if they can't make it at Rangers, then hopefully they can make it at other clubs. And that, that has to be a positive overall, in my opinion. Well, you think about what, these players are then able to do on a kind of day by day basis in terms of training. They, they get to do that at Auckland Howie. They're not doing that at you know another another club's training centre where you know let's be honest if they're going out on loan to you know a club in the lower divisions, it's not going to be as as good a training setup. Um, you know, part of the time these guys will go down to part time teams, and so they're not really training with them all the time. There isn't that same level of cohesion, you know, I think there's so many people within Scottish football who think that the answer to developing players is you have them in the academy, you play the, against the same guys at that level, and then you you throw them out on loan to X, Y, or Z club uh, for a couple of years. And, you know, if, if they make it, then they make it. If they don't, well, that's just on them. But I think for so long now, we're seeing that if you... If you just keep doing the same things, it's not going to work. It's not, you know, that's that's the definition of madness, of course. So, I think you're right that trying something different is what we have to do at this point as as a football country. And one of those things is, you know, have the have the B teams here for you know young players to be able to come through within their within their club structure so they're kind of getting used to the idea of what it is like to sort of train daily at a big club you're playing in front of very passionate fans uh it's a different type of environment to the first team of course but you're you're learning from a kind of sort of mental point of view what it's like to come up against players who will treat it as a cup final because one thing that ross and i have noticed is even though that these these teams are playing against you know the youth players of Rangers. They still treat it as though it's a as a cup final for them every single time, uh, and it's you know, it's a really good learning curve for for these guys off the back of that too. What Ross has said is is so true that it's if it's not going to be at Rangers, then you know if it can be somewhere, then that's that's fulfilling the remit of of what the academy wants to do. Uh, we've got a lot better, I think, in more recent years of being able to show players a pathway of, well, if it's not going to be at Rangers, this is what you can do. This is what you're able to achieve. And I think off the back of that, more players who come through our academy will be able to have a career in professional football. And if nothing else, that's then going to see, that's going to seem more attractive for, you know, parents looking at where, where are we going to put our son through in terms of an academy that we think is going to give him the best chance of being able to, 
play football professionally, whether it be for that club or otherwise. And they'll look at that and say, well, Rangers have got a track record of being able to bring through players uh, off the back of that. And that can only be a positive thing, I think, for sure. But, you know, the B team is just another way of being able to kind of gain that match experience. Yes, it's not at the same level as what it would be in the Championship or League One, but the key thing is you're then in control over how you want these guys to play, what sort of positions you want them to play in. And, you know, Ross and I could talk for ages about how loans sometimes don't work. We've, we've banged that drum many a time before. So that's why it's a benefit to not only us, but any club that's looking at, you know, trying to develop their own young players. And it's just a different way of doing it. And I think we saw it last season. We're seeing elements of it this season as well, that, you know, there, there are successes that come off the back of that. And that's, and so long as you're seeing results, I'm not talking about footballing results, I'm talking about developmental results, then clearly it's going in the right direction. And and Ross, I, I want to talk to you a little bit, um, both of you, in terms of um, the league campaign for how, you know, we're starting to wrap up the league campaign this season, obviously for the, the, the B team, I think they've only got a couple of games left to play two or three, I think. Um, but uh, during the week, uh, we're able to beat Queen's Park in, a, I think, a fairly resounding win um, to get through to the final of the City of Glasgow Cup, where we will play Celtic in the final. Um, I keen to just kind of look at the league campaign holistically, uh, how you feel that that's gone, how you feel that's progressed. Whenever anyone talks about, obviously, the, the, the B team, we do talk about the, the development of players, and sometimes... It's really easy as a Rangers fan to to only care about the trophies in the cabin at the end of the season. We very rarely have the chance to be able to look back and reflect and say, like, you know, what players come on, what players develop, what players regressed, all of that kind of stuff. And the ultimate goal here, obviously, selfishly as a as a Rangers fan, is for me to think, okay, what players can we then move from the B team into the first team? So across the course of the season, are you pleased with what you've seen? Do you see the progress is there? Do you see, I mentioned earlier on the experiment, maybe not a great phrasing, but I think you know what I mean. But have you seen that starting to bear fruit? Do you see some consistency in terms of some of the players that's there? Because, you know, again, I think that whether or not we get someone to come into the first team or whether or not we're talking about the next potential sale that we can have, um, this is a great, uh, you know, nursery for us to be able to try and bear some um, some real positive um, assets out of. Yeah, uh, so when you're talking about the, the league season there, Camby, there's been a few ups and downs in it. It started, I think, incredibly positively. The defeat on the opening day of the season, but from that point, I think the B team really took off, and James will attest to this as well, for a long time we're leading that league and leading it comfortably, and you're right, it's very easy to almost get caught up, and I think I did a wee bit, I hold my hands up, I think I got caught up in this desire to be the first B team to win the Lowland League because in my eyes for the project again I think it would display so neatly and so succinctly how ridiculous it is that B teams can't progress from that league because even if it was ourselves or Celtic or Hearts that had won that Lowland League none of them would have been able to progress from it but that's besides the point we're in a position now where I believe if we win our next two games we will finish above Celtic and finish second in the Lowland League for the second year running which I think is a good achievement and I think we can be quite quick at times to almost denigrate the level 
of the Lowland League because, like I say, Rangers and Celtic are usually up and about near the top of it. They have been the past two seasons, at least both finishing second and third respectively. But I think, James, you and I have seen some of the unique challenges there. James has touched upon it where some of the players have came across teams that do treat it like a like a proper cup final because these boys are probably never going to get the chance to play against the, the senior old firm teams so they view playing rangers especially everyone wants to beat rangers that's what happens when you're the biggest team in the country but they view it as that kind of opportunity so that provides its own uh, developmental challenges as well i think on the development side there's a few players who i would like to have seen kicked on a wee bit more i don't really go about liking to sort of name names in that respect but i think james you and i both know the kind of players that we're, we're talking about there on the other hand we've seen players come through that i think have incredibly promising careers in that respect at rangers i think bailey rice who has obviously already made his first team debut away at livingston has an incredibly promising career at rangers he is quite precocious he's still 16 of course but i've said before and i'll say it again i think he has an incredibly strong head on his shoulders. I've heard him speak a number of times now, James, I've been fortunate to speak to him as well. And he always comes across as, as really intelligent, thoughtful and prepared to get the hard work done. He was talking at uh, the Edmondson House a couple of weeks ago before one of the games and he was asked obviously about making his debut and he said, well, it was a, it was a great personal achievement. That's just the start of the hard work and that's the kind of attitude and head screwed on vision that you really want to instill in the academy players. Another one who was sitting alongside him that day who I've got really high hopes for, and this is someone who I think a lot more fans will be familiar with, uh, David Edgar's own uh, absolute favourite, Zach Lovelace, because we've seen, again, the, the talent that he brings to this side and the level he came from as well at Millwall, practically being promised first-team games with Millwall, a club playing at a really good level down south. To trade that in to come to Rangers, I think, is a real vote of confidence in the academy uh, and what we are trying to do. We, James and I, you, you'll attest to this as well, we realised very early on, speaking to Zach Lovelace, just how intelligent and thoughtful a, a young man he is and how talented he is as well on the ball is just incredible. The quality's been added to the B team by the likes of Thompson Ashaka, who's recently arrived. This is someone who we had, I was going to say honour books, that's not the right way to put it, but he was playing with the B team on a trial last summer. We couldn't quite get that deal over the line, but we have now. He's thankfully now a, a Rangers player. And I think that's someone who we should be able to keep an eye on as well, because I believe he's got a really bright future. But like I said, there's other players there who I'd maybe like to have seen a, a wee bit more of over the course of the season. Uh, players who I believe do have a, a future in football, but who maybe just won't cut it at Rangers. But I think as well, when we're talking about these kind of young players, they're always going to have their own ups and downs and giving them a season to do that, a, a proper league season with real fixtures, I think is an incredibly good way to be able to judge it. You can see the, the highs and lows, the peaks and troughs that any player has over a league season. And I think you can see the mental resilience in some of them to come back from that. There was a real, real difficult spell for the B team, Cami, just after and in the round the World Cup break where, like I said, they were flying at the top of the league, absolutely flying. And they suffered a couple of really damaging defeats back to back. One was against Celtic, one was against Spartans. And then there was a few dodgy results there. And James and I, you, you, you and I spoke about it at the time, saying that it tests something completely different. It tests a level of mental resilience. It, it tests to see if you're mentally frail. And it's all those soft skills that we speak about as well. Developing young players is not just a case of what can you do with a ball at your feet. It's developing leadership skills. It's developing communication skills, mental resilience skills. All those things you need to become a good Rangers player. And I think these players are, are much better off for it as well. 
So overall, I, do, I think we're in an incredibly fortunate position where I do believe there's people coming through the academy and I'm using that as a whole, not just the B team, but the under-18s as well and the under-16s are incredibly talented. I think we are in a, in a very good place. The manager made a comment um, a couple of months ago now, Michael Beale, where he said that the Lowland League doesn't give the best preparation for young players to play at Rangers. And I agree. It never should. I, I've said it before. See if the Lowland League was a perfect breeding ground for Rangers players, I'd be concerned because that, that would say a lot more about the level we'd be at in that moment than perhaps we, we'd want to be. But what I do believe the Lowland League has provided a lot of these players is that stepping stone into domestic league football. It's given them a taste for it. And I think also what it does for the long-term project detailing where we are now and where I believe the B team should be has had an awful lot of benefits. And we have seen young players come through Rangers already who have taken those first tentative steps in the, in the Lowland League with the B team. And it's now about them to try and press on. Like I say, the Alex Lowry is a good example of that who kind of cut his teeth a wee bit in the in the B team. We've seen him come into the first team. There's been some issues there. He's someone who I would like to see kick on a wee bit more as well. But you start to take those tentative steps and when you start seeing young players bleed through into the first team more often, then I think we'll see a wee bit more of the successes of what the B team can offer. It's been a really interesting season in the Lone League, I think, compared to last season. Because I think for a lot of it, um, you know, Ross and I we were so positive about some of the kind of the individual displays um that we were seeing from the likes of Alex Lowry, Cole McKinnon, Tony West, and these sorts of guys. Um, this season, I think the first part of the campaign where we were, you know, on top top of the league and there was a bit of a gap at the top of the table as well. Uh, at, at certain points too, it was about the the overall team performance with, you know, the likes of Zach Lovelace and Charlie Lindsay and, and these guys, you know, being able to kind of sort of drive the team forward in that sense. And Robbie Fraser being, you know, the captain of that team and being a proper leader within that team too. Um, I think what we then saw, and it was really kind of from the, the turn of the year where this started to happen, was we going on a run of you know, difficult results and trying to find that resilience to kind of get back, uh, get back into things. And it's been a really good learning experience for, for these guys to work out how they overcome that. Um, it's still a great achievement to finish where we'll finish. Um, we are, you know, all going well. It will be second place once again. Um, you know, Spartans winning that division. They, they once again, as was the case with Bonnie Rig Rose last season, they, they are the best team in that league. Um, they absolutely deserve uh, to go top, and you know Ross and I, we certainly wish them well in their in their playoff to get into uh, to get into the SPFL. the The thing that Ross said that really stood out to me was this idea of you know, being the first B team to kind of win that division and showing you know that it's right that these teams should be allowed the right to progress. Where we are at as a country right now is. Scotland as a whole would not be praising Rangers B for being top of the table. They would be mocking the rest of the teams for allowing a youth side to get to that point. Um, That's where you need to have that mentality shift in order for us to be like so many other countries that it's just normal for them to do this. It's normal for Villarreal's B team to get all the way up to the second tier and yeah, there'll be kind of lower mid-table in that, but think of the way that these players are then getting that experience and gaining that all whilst training within their own academy, and that's the point. And it's not about you know playing in the Lowland League is what then gets you to that point of being a first-team player at Rangers. It's not about that. 
it's about being able to get those competitive games in, but at the same time still developing as a Rangers player. Because if you go to Partick Thistle, I'll just use them as an example. Um, if you go to Partick Thistle, you are you're at the behest of what the Partick Thistle manager wants to do. It's about what they what you know, what are they going to do that's going to help them win with the B team. It's about how do we develop you as an individual. So we, it's more care about developing you as a player, not, well, I know that you want to be a striker, but we need to play you on the wing because you're a fast player and we'll only bring you off the bench for the last 15 minutes of games um, so that you can get a bit of a run out and maybe try and get a goal. That doesn't help develop you. Uh, that's that's why, you know, we've, we've talked about the things we've talked about before. I think last season to this season, there wasn't too much of a change. Yeah, you had your guys like you know, the aforementioned Lowry. He's been a part of the first team squad and absolutely deserved to be for the talent that he has. Uh, same would go for Adam Devine as well for the progression that he's made. Uh, we've seen guys like Tony Weston and Cole McKinnon have, have spells out on loan as well. And, you know, these are guys who gain nothing else by being in the loan league. So that's why they're, they're not playing at that level. There was a lot of guys who were in there for a second campaign. I think what we're going to see going into next season, my, my feeling on that is it's going to be quite a big change. There's a lot of guys who are out of contract, some of whom I really hope would be given the opportunity to extend that, some of whom I really hope don't. And I don't say that in a bad way for them as individuals. I say that as it's time for you to do something different now. It's time for you to go and you know start a first-team career there's guys who we will let go in the summer from this level who will go on to have you know, football careers in the Scottish Premiership. Firmly believe in that. Um, and that doesn't mean that you know, it was a mistake for us to let them go. It's what's right for them at this point because they will not get that opportunity. And guys who are in their late teens, early 20s, there is no point in them continuing to play at that fifth tier level. Um, if we were able to progress up that ladder and be in the third or the second tier of Scottish football, then yeah, maybe there's guys who 21, 22, that it still makes sense for them to be there for the experience that they're going to gain if we feel that they've got a chance of being in the first team. However, yeah, for for the constraints that we've got on that at the minute, um, I, I would expect a big, a big turnaround. But um, yeah, maybe between now and the end of the season, some of these guys will get a bit of an opportunity within the first team uh, maybe off the bench or maybe starting a game or two, depending on how things go. Uh, and it might be a last chance for them to prove that actually, yeah, they do have an opportunity and they do deserve a chance to show what they can do under Michael Beale. It'll be interesting I, to see that. And I think, just sorry, Cammy James, I are just totally taking us over now, mate. Um, but I think when we get to the point that you mentioned there, James, where it's not just the fact that we have players coming through from our own B team, into the first team which is our primary focus is what we want to see is what drives us to do the b team show because we are passionate to see it but again coming back to that wider vision of the project when other teams in the league start to pick up players who have came through our b team for example and like you said there and i agree with you fully there are players who we have on our books playing with the b team right now who probably won't make it rangers but will have really really damn good careers at other spfl level clubs probably in the premiership as well when teams start to see that and other fans start to see that, that will start to constitute a mind a mindset shift as well because they will start to see the benefits of what B teams can bring. Now, 
let's not say they're not doing that already. Arguably one of the signings of the season for a Premiership club has been Duke for Aberdeen, right? Who's a very talented player. He's a good striker, scored a lot of goals for Aberdeen now. He came from Benfica's B team, for instance. So what's good for the Goose is good for the Gander, so to speak. This is not the case that, you know, it's never worked anywhere else. Like I said, teams are already reaping the benefits of B teams in other countries already. So it seems mental to me that those same fans wouldn't want the same courtesy extended in Scotland to have the same benefits extended to Scotland and that benefits not just like I say the clubs at a domestic level it benefits the national team too and I'm an unapologetic supporter of the national team I I really want to see Scotland do well I'm an active Scotland fan and part of developing Scotland further as a footballing nation and out of the current backwater that we are in is by having these B teams developing young Scottish talent having them come through and making sure they have careers at a high level because there will be players that will be going having fantastic careers that we might let go mistakes are going to be made that's human error but if we can benefit from that in some roundabout way then that is the main thing as well primarily by getting these talented boys into the first team and letting them earn their spurs so to speak not to go full edward III, but also by giving them careers as well elsewhere and that benefits not just us as a club which is the primary focus but the wider game as well no listen I think there's some great insight being shared and please don't apologise for, for, for sharing it. I think that's exactly why hopefully people listening to this will, will, will get an idea of, of where it benefits us as a club and obviously the, the wider picture that we mentioned there. The last thing I want to talk about in terms of the B team and, and, and its structure and stuff as well, and Ross, I'll stick with you in this one if that's all right, um, is really just to get an idea of um, you and James have both followed the B team near and far. Um, you, you're You're close to people involved in it you, you you you've got a really good relationship with the with the setup and stuff I'm just keen to kind of pick your brains both of your brains really around obviously Ross Wilson's departure um and and whether or not that could be a bit of a blocker um in terms of who Craig Mulholland is obviously head of our academy works with in terms of seeing player progression now this maybe lends itself to being a little bit outside of the B team remit it's all through the 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 division of the teams within Rangers and how you see players being able to come up through the ranks. Um, do you see Ross Wilson leaving as uh, that being slightly problematic for that progression? Or do, you, do you maybe think that Craig Mulholland will just work directly with Michael Beale and say, you know, we've got players who are ready. Beale turning to, to uh, Dave McCallum saying, you know, do you have players you think are ready to be involved? We obviously mentioned there about Bailey Rice let's be honest, right, and let's put our cards on the table. We're likely to see a bit more of that now in terms of the, the closing league games because the title, sadly, is, is it's all over by the, uh, by the shouting. But do you think that that continuation and that process flow should be able to still work or could it even you know, be slightly better now if we decide to just have that direct conduit to the first team? I've said before I believe the director of football model is one that we should maintain because I think in the modern era it's probably not healthy for a manager to have total control over every single aspect of not just the on-pitch stuff but the off-pitch things as well and I'll include the academy and that for talk's sake when you're talking about things like the academy structure a playing style that all comes from the manager player development can come from the manager as well and I think the current manager is the reason why I'm not losing any sleep over the Ross Wilson departure from an academy continuity point of view there's been plenty of times I've already seen Michael Beale at Rangers B games and at Rangers under 18s games so far the two games that 
they played at Ibrooks with the under 18s played Hamilton Ackies and uh, and the under 18s cup and of course when the Rangers B team played Celtic B recently at Ibrooks Michael Beale was at both games so I think that shows a real level of commitment from the current manager to go and have a look at these young players it was always something that was said when Michael Beale became the manager that he is someone who you would trust implicitly with youth development and he is he is someone who I trust implicitly with youth development I think he's got a really strong track record working uh, with young players, not just in this country, but uh, abroad in Brazil as well. And I think he's put his money where his mouth is in that kind of sense. There's no one forcing him to turn up to Rangers B games. There's no one forcing him to turn up to Rangers under-18s games. This is over and above what he already sees from them in an academy setting as well at the training ground at Auchenhowie. He really is passionate about it. He will have a fantastic in-depth knowledge about these young players. And I think it's kind of clear as well from what Michael Beale said when Ross Wilson left the club that he had a good professional and personal relationship with Ross Wilson. But I would like to think that's not going to affect player development moving forward. That he has a, a good professional and personal relationship with Craig Mulholland as well, as he does with David McCallum. The two of them are in contact. And I think having that level of fluidity isn't always a bad thing because there is still that level of continuity that the manager brings to it as well. And obviously the playing style that Michael Beale wants to implement with the senior team does is and will filter down to the academy it's part of the one club ethos that rangers have and because of the current manager we have within our ranks like i said who is so passionate about youth development i can really only see positives from that he has worked with some incredibly talented young players in the past he will work and is working with incredibly talented young players at rangers right now and i do i trust him implicitly with that it's not something that really worry me or anything like that with Ross Wilson going because I believe Michael Beale is a very good manager to take youth development forward. I think that David McCallum is absolutely someone who you know we can look at and say what his role is and how he's assessing because that's part of what his job is will be assessing these guys and having those conversations with Michael Beale and you know it will be it's the reason it's one of the main reasons why Alex Lowry was on the bench for that Sterling Albion game is because David McCallum will have said to Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, listen, this is you know, a guy, if you were wanting to, if you were looking at guys to come into the, the first team squad for a game like this, then yeah, Alex Lowry would be a guy that would stand out. And you know, he took that chance uh, in that particular game. So, you know, he, he will, he's someone that we can continue to trust, I think, with, with those decisions uh, in terms of what is right for the players and his thing first and foremost will be about what's right for the individuals, what's right for these guys. And that's what I talk about in terms of, you know, is it time for you to move on for the sake of your career? He will absolutely be thinking about things in that, in that sense as well, I've no doubt. Um, and, and also when you're thinking a bit lower than just the B team, the whole academy set up, this is why we brought in someone like Zeb Jacobs. You know, this is something that he's he's then trying to kind of implement in terms of changing how we do that for the better. As he's got experience with that, and he's you know, highly sought after uh, in terms of that role as well. So, you know, we are we are thinking about things in the right way and how we do this and how we make this you know, benefit ourselves long term. Because you know, if we're if we're bringing through you know players from the academy into the first team on you know, a, a more regular basis than what we're doing right now. Uh, and even on top of that, if we're able to kind of sort of get, you know, financial results for guys that are maybe sold on to other clubs or, you know, development fees and stuff like that, then, you know, that's that's the aim. That's what we're trying to achieve. Uh, one of the many things that we're trying to achieve as a club uh, with, with the youth structure. So that's, 
that's what you got to hope for. That's what you got to aim for. And I think Ross and I both feel as though the people that are you know, doing those jobs right now, they're, they're absolutely the people that we would trust with that. Listen, I think it's been a great discussion. Um, and I think, you know, again, as our uh, heart and hand uh, B team experts, you, you boys do a fantastic job of being able to try and educate people such as myself um, in terms of understanding the B team status, obviously being able to try and see the players that you get excited about, which I think is great because, um, you know, again, you're in the flesh, you see it there, you see, you know, far more than we do and stuff as well. And I think you both do a tremendous job of being able to cover that. Just before we finish up, boys, um, keen to get your thoughts, obviously, um, on uh, the, the the game on Sunday uh, as Rangers got to Pataudry, uh for the Aberdeen Cup final. It's a cup final to them for sure because they're already starting to taunt us about how many tickets that they've been able to sell out for this. Uh, any Aberdeen fan listening to this will obviously try and pretend that that's because they're trying to aim for a, a top three finish, which is wonderful for them. But the real truth is the fact that they love being able to try and raise their game against Rangers. So I dare say it's going to be a, t- a difficult game. Um, bad news for them in the fact that uh, we appear to have applied the laws of football and that Graham Shinney will not be playing despite, a, for some reason, some outcry in terms of what I thought was a fully deserved red card and Shinney was, was uh, sent off and banned. Although it's been worth it, I think, just for the Aberdeen tears and the reaction. Uh, following the, the the appeal process being um, being rejected, James, how confident are you feeling about going up to Pataudry? I know that we can say that there's not much, well, there's pretty much nothing left to play for within the league now. Um, unfortunately, results have, have taken that pretty much away from us and and, and everything, but it's 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 dying death throws. But one of the things I wanted to to, to just get your feeling on is, does this give us? a little bit of scope in what is probably going to be our, our, our biggest challenge before we head into uh, the Scottish Cup semi-final? I think this is a this is a harder game now than what it would have been uh, a couple of months ago because I think you know, Aberdeen's form of late since Barry Robson's taken over that job, they actually have someone that's, that's able to get more out of the players that they've got. Uh, so it will, it will pose a really interesting game uh, for us off the back of that. Aberdeen clearly have got some you know, talented players at this level and you know, Ross mentioned Duke there who you know he he is someone that you would expect next season will move on to a much higher level. Um uh, and you know they've they've done really well in terms of that that recruitment um side of things for for him in particular. So he's clearly their biggest threat uh, I would say going into this game for us. Um but that being said, this is a game that the fans will expect a strong performance and a, and a good victory, especially when this is the last game before uh, the game at Hamden, which I think a lot of fans, given the way that the season has gone up to now, the thoughts will very much be on that already, uh, whether that's something that the manager will reflect with the lineup in terms of whether that's going to be the lineup that we would expect to see at Hamden being the one that we'll get at Pataudry. Uh, we'll wait and see. I expectation would be that it would be the case so if that if that is the case then we've got to put in a strong performance so that there can be that confidence going into that that game if we go in there and we play to the level that we know we can play at then we will win the game um as as tough uh, an opponent Aberdeen as Aberdeen will be compared to where they have been recently um you know the the game is still one that we should be winning 
uh, with the right performances. And if there's still guys there that maybe the future their future is uncertain and they want to be a part of the club going forward, then it's games like these that they have the opportunity to, you know, stick their hand up and say, yeah, I'll, I'll guide this team to victory because in a game like this, I'm, I'm someone that can be relied upon. So the lineup will be, as always, really interesting to see what we go with and whoever steps up that maybe would be a surprise as before, they maybe give themselves a chance longer term. We will see. Yeah, Ross, I think James hits the, the nail on the head there. For me, you know, if I was Michael Beale and I was talking to these players in the build-up to this, you know, my question would be that there's, there's obviously going to be some, some thoughts on... Um, who's going to be fit and available versus you know, this weekend, next weekend, etc. The, the obvious one being Connor Goldson. But what I would be saying to those players who are available for selection would be, this is your opportunity to play yourself into a, a, a semi-final, which, let's face it, our entire season hinges upon now. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I'd, I'd like to think that Michael Beale has in his head already a fairly good idea of what his semi-final team will look like. And as well as that, it's another occasion on Sunday where you're really praying that we don't pick up any more knocks or niggles going into that semi-final because God knows we can't afford to do that either. But you're right, if there's any lingering doubts about who he wants to send out against Celtic in a week's time, then this is the, the game and the opportunity to go for, for players to go and prove to the manager why they should be and he's thinking, but like I say, I'd like to think that Michael Beale has a fairly settled idea of that by now as well. We spoke about the the lineup there being interesting. What we do is it really at this point? There is only so much we can do with this current crop of players until the summer comes. I'm really struggling to be in any kind of enthusiasm for the current lineup that we could be putting out. But what these players do need to show is a, a level of performance that merits going up against Celtic in a week time because we have had some very very damaging results from them this season there's no point in trying to deny that and you're right our entire season now hinges on this Scottish Cup semi-final which just seems ridiculous to say but this is the position that we find ourselves in it's all our own doing this is the problem that we have made for ourselves so you've made the problem Rangers it's your time to go and try and dig yourself out of it part of the way of doing that is by putting in a strong performance on Sunday up at Pataudry in front of what probably will be a, a packed packed house obviously their fans are going to be right up for it half past four kickoff which is not something you see that often up in Scotland so they will feel as though the the stars are aligning for them a wee bit up there but they thought the stars were aligning for them in the 93rd minute of the game earlier on in the season and look how that turned out so it's a chance to go up there put in a really strong performance and lay down a bit of a marker if not for Celtic but for themselves about the level of performance that they will need to try and aspire to next Sunday as well it really is all gearing towards this this semi-final win lose or draw if it it's not going to matter in terms of the outcome of the league that's by us by the by now that's gone but go and give yourself a strong chance and a strong footing and a level of confidence to go into that semi-final for the game, the game that really matters in a week's time. Yep, for sure. And and listen, you know, it's on the responsibility of the players. I, I know that there's going to be plenty of conversation and you'll certainly hear that across the course of next week around the players who may potentially not be here next season and their attitude being able to try and go into it. So it's all going to hinge on that. You'll be able to get all of that old firm game build-up as well next week uh, on Heart and Hand. If you're not a Patron subscriber, if not, why not? 
please jump on to patreon.com forward slash heart and hand to be able to hear um, all of that build up. Plus also um, some more great work by both Ross and James on uh, the, the B team shows and stuff as well. You can get up to five Rangers shows a day on our uh, Patreon network. David will be back on Monday with the flagship, with the, the fallout of the game um, up at Aberdeen. And I'll be back next week as well. Thank you to our executive producers in London, Mr. Mike Lee and Mr. Paul Myers. But most importantly, thank you to my two excellent guests. And I think that your contribution uh, on the pod, gentlemen, have, has been absolutely tremendous. Thank you so much for educating me um, in terms of where we are with the, with the B team and, and getting me excited about you know what the future could hold. Um, superb work as always. Thank you so much, Ross. Oh, thank you very much, mate. It was a pleasure. And James. Appreciate it, Cammy. Thank you. Have a brilliant weekend, folks, when it comes. Let's get uh, three points up at Pitaudry on Sunday. And most importantly, let's just put them back in our box. Enjoy yourselves and we'll speak to you again next week. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.